Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Boy, there are some teams in the NFL that have some really, really difficult decisions to make because of really, really quarter bad quarterback play. It's Carlin versus Joe. ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80 were presented by Progressive Insurance. Joseph, first of all, just as a brief aside before we get started, I'm getting a little bit tired of the passive-aggressive messages from my Apple Watch, which keeps telling me uh, every time I get up, you did it. You know, by standing up. <laughs> like, I, I get it. You know, thanks for the little thanks for the little pat on the head, Apple Watch. I understand that I'm supposed to stand up every once every hour. But we, that aside, we have just... detected physical movement. Congratulations <laughs> on your behalf. <laughs> I am stay I'm in downtown Indianapolis today because I'm doing the Indiana Rutgers game tomorrow. And I am staying roughly three tenths of a mile away from the studio where I am right now, uh, at ten seventy the fan ESPN Indianapolis. Um I did debate driving over. Yeah. I did debate driving over. I could understand But I did that. not. I did you, not. You took the high road because you're a man of character, and we appreciate that. I get similar. I don't know where these updates come from because I didn't set it, but I, I listen to audiobooks, and if yeah. I get three minutes into an audiobook, I get an alert that says, congratulations, you've satisfied your reading goal. And I'm like, what <laughs> reading goal would be three minutes? And also... Uh- Three minutes of an audiobook isn't exactly reading, so please, I mean, we're setting the bar extraordinarily low here. There is a debate there as to whether or not listening to an audiobook is actually reading a book. It's not reading a book. I'm teaching my son how to read, and at no point have we put AirPods in his ears. See, that's the difference between you and me. If I had kids, that kid would have had headphones on from day one. Absolutely. <laughs> you could say from you consumed one. the book. I, I've consumed it's, the book, but I have not read the book. Reading is a very specific act, and it doesn't involve not using your eyes. Hey, at the end of the day, if we both end up with the same information, what does it matter? Yeah, who cares how you define it? Exactly. Carla versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80. You know, it's funny. We we always talk about how statistics can be made to say anything. And you'd look at Derek Carr's statistics from last night, and you'd think, oh, that's not a bad night. He goes 33 of 55, 301 yards, one touchdown, one interception. And then you'd look over at Trevor Lawrence, and you'd see 20 of 29 for 204 yards, one touchdown, no interceptions. you think, well, I mean, geez, you know, Carr went out there through for 300 yards. Uh, and Lawrence, it's not that impressive. It wasn't close the way those two played quarterback last night. I mean, no. f- first time you throw 55 times to throw for 300 yards, you better throw for 300 yards. And secondly, I'm really curious at this point as to what things look like for the Saints long term with Derek Carr at quarterback. And you can play that into a lot of the other discussions that we have had, specifically around Russell Wilson and the decisions that they will have to make on that contract. Derek Carr's dead cap hit, $52.8 million next year 
52.8. We've talked about Russell Wilson and all the injury guarantees that are involved there. Kyler Murray, all the injury guarantees that are involved there. Deshaun Watson, what a complete debacle that is. Joe, you start to look across the board. There are some teams. It's not going to be salary cap hell. It's going to be quarterback and salary cap hell for a couple of years with the decisions that they have made to invest in some of these guys. Yeah, we talk about how certain teams that are trying to work their way up the board might be a year away from being a year away, right? Like that was Jacksonville last year. People are like, I don't know, with Doug Peterson and Trevor Lawrence, they're like a year away from being a year away. And that's mm. when you make the move, right? Well, you can look at some of these teams and you can say the same thing when it comes to tanking. Like the Saints are a year away from being a year away from tanking because that's where they're at. They can't tank right now. They're already three and four. They're in a weak division, so they're probably going to push and try to see how many games they can win given their competition. They'll stumble into a few divisional wins and they'll take themselves out of contention for one of the quarterbacks in this year's draft class. I would say the upside with Carr at the moment is the fact that historically, He has always been bad the first year in a new system. And he was in a lot of systems in Oakland slash Las Vegas. You get a year under your belt, and then he comes back and he plays better the next season. The question is whether or not this coaching staff will be back next year. I would have to imagine the answer to that is no, because there's nothing you can see out of New Orleans right now that would give you confidence in the future. This is year two of Dennis Allen there. They're just getting worse and worse. The farther they get away from Drew Brees' prime and Sean Payton's prime, the worse they get. So a reboot's coming there but yeah to your point a lot of quarterbacks right now on bad contracts that are going to hurt teams the good news is you bring in a rookie that contract allows you to eat up some of this dead cap space but what you'd rather be doing with a rookie is using that additional money to acquire players to help your team go out and win because that's the best contract in sports that's how the chiefs were so damn successful they had patrick mahomes on his rookie deal that's why the ravens year after year could compete because Lamar Jackson was on his rookie deal. That's the key to so much of this, and it doesn't look like some of these teams are going to be able to do that because they're going to be eating up so much cash from the veteran quarterback they have to move on from. I'm so glad that you brought this up along those lines. That's it for me. Let's get lunch. Yep, we're done. Good night, everybody. (laughs) Um, Here's why. When you talk about that, oh, well, we'll just have a rookie quarterback, and it's fine, and we can take that dead cap hit. What do you also want to do when you have a rookie quarterback? Maybe develop them. Maybe actually give him an opportunity. And not being able to go out and get those players to help him develop. What you are doing is setting up your guy to fail right away. Right away. And, Joe, the way things are structured in the NFL right now, without getting too much in the weeds, when it used to be that you had to pay a ton of money up front for a first-round quarterback or a high first-round pick. That guy had a longer leash because he had three and four years because you already had all that money invested in him. Now you have to make a decision as to whether or not you want to invest that 75, 80, 100 million guaranteed in that quarterback after three years or after two and a half years. And if that's the case, you could have gone through a coaching switch and two different coordinators, which for Uh, a a quarterback would have meant three coordinators in three years with what they had in college. And then you're giving them no players to work with? How is anybody supposed to succeed in that situation? And that's why, like, that idea of we can make this happen with a rookie quarterback, let's just bite the bullet, uh, that just encourages bad decision-making for the future. It really does. And, look, I get you want to eat it and get it over with. Okay? I understand that. 
but sometimes it's better to try to continue to play that guy to continue to try to find if you can get anything out of him because you need to treat him like you would have treated that high draft pick quarterback that you invested all that money in. Let's not give up on that guy too quickly when we have to give him a chance. We've got too much money invested in the problem. The entirety of your research when it comes to building an organization starts with two things. If you get two things right or close to right, and I'm not saying they need to be perfect, you're going to be in a position to contend. And then from there, you can figure the rest out. It sounds simplistic, but you need competent coaching and you need competent quarterback play. Like you just look through the standings right now. Miami on top of the AFC East. Tua Tungavailoa, Mike McDaniel. AFC North, John Harbaugh, Lamar Jackson. AFC South, Trevor Lawrence, Doug Peterson. AFC West, Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid. NFC East, Jalen Hurts, Nick Sirianni. NFC North, Jared Goff, Dan Campbell. NFC South, Baker Mayfield, Todd Bowles. Eh, okay. But, I mean, again, of all the coaches and quarterbacks in that division, it's a weak division, but of all of them, those two are probably the most accomplished. And then in San Francisco, Kyle Shanahan and Brock Purdy. The rest of it doesn't matter. If you don't figure out the coach and you don't figure out the quarterback, you're not going anywhere. That's what it comes down to. You're not going anywhere. And everyone will say that's so simplistic, it's so obvious, but a lot of teams miss on that. Dennis Allen had given you plenty of reasons to understand why he probably might not be a great coach in New Orleans. And now you're seeing that. Derek Carr has given you plenty of reasons to, to, think, to, to think to yourself, I don't know if he's the guy that's going to get us into and through the postseason. But you take a shot because it's the best option out there. I get it. I get it. These guys don't grow on trees. You're not going to have your choice of great coaches and great quarterbacks every year. But if you fail and you fail long term at that position, either one, you are in huge trouble, especially quarterback, because at least the coach, you can dump him and pay him off like that doesn't count towards the cap. But if you if if you're going to miss on both of these, you don't have a chance. Show me a team that's got average coaching and average to below average quarterback play that has a shot at anything this year. Yeah, nobody, nobody. There's no one. And then the last part of it for me is specifically when it comes to Watson. You don't have a choice, man. You you don't have a choice. There married. is no out anytime soon. You are absolutely buried in this contract. And you were so confident, Jimmy Haslam, when you went out and made this decision that you were comfortable in bringing in everything this guy had as far as baggage and handing him all that money because you were that desperate. When you act desperately, things don't go well. And this is exactly what has happened. And the Cleveland Browns, they're going to have to chew on this one for the next three or four years because i got to be honest, there is absolutely nothing that gives me hope that Deshaun Watson returns to anywhere close to what he was in Houston. Can you imagine just taking an elite defense and flushing it down the toilet because you screwed up the quarterback position that badly? I mean, with that defense, you don't even need elite quarterback play. You just need competent quarterback play. That's it, man. Like, if Jared Goff was in Cleveland right now, you'd probably be the AFC, probably be number two in the AFC with that defense. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great point. It's Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. We are presented by our good friends at Progressive Insurance. Joseph, save when you bundle motorcycle, RV, and boat insurance. Visit Progressive.com. In 20 minutes, head coach of the Florida State Seminoles, Mike Norvell, is going to join us. Big game this weekend, 7.30 tomorrow night. Herbie and Fowler on the game, Florida State and Duke. Up next... 
One game on Sunday has the best chance to be the Super Bowl preview. We're going to tell you which team needs this one more. Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio and Sirius XM Channel 8. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. That's going to be Steve Levy and Mike Tannenbaum. I got to tell you, I'm jealous of Levy calling that game. That's going to be a phenomenal game between the Ravens and the Lions on Sunday right here on ESPN Radio. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Joseph... How about the big one on Sunday? I would say, as you put it accurately, Lions-Ravens, solid undercard, but there's a big one. Big one on Sunday. I like the way this sets up. The Eagles and the Dolphins. That game in South Philly. As we reset the music, let's get to it. The five biggest questions for Eagles, Dolphins, and we turn it over to Evan Wilner because the handman experiment is officially over. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Evan Wilner. It's the guy's birthday. Feed us the five biggest questions. This guy's birthday. You can't even give him a break. Here it's we go. It's been my birthday for like three days now. It was your birthday two days ago. Although That's how man, your generation does it. Yeah, you guys celebrate exactly. your birthday weeks. It's yeah. ridiculous. Uh, yeah. Who is, uh, who is throwing themselves a birthday party this weekend, by the way, Handman? Uh, this guy over here in Bristol, yeah, exactly. running the board for Carlin versus Joe. Yeah, throwing yourself a birthday party. I hope the people who show up are going to be a little upset when they find out there's a cover charge. All right, all right, that's that's enough. You know, how what is he going to? He's going to take handman. I got your back. I got your back on this one. Don't listen Thanks, to Joe. him. Uh, well, listen, I, all I do is I'm a truth teller. If you don't want to admit that, the guy's that's fine. in some bunker in the middle of Indiana. Who knows what he's up to? <laughs> Give me the five biggest questions for Dolphins-Eagles. Let's go. Which quarterback are you starting your franchise with, Tua or Jalen Hurts? Joe? Jalen Hurts. And anything I take with Philadelphia here is going to seem biased because I'm an Eagles fan. I like Tua, but the injury concerns are what creep up. That's it. That's it. They're both good. They both played very well in their systems. They both developed nicely. They both have a lot of talent. They're both mobile. They're both young. They both check a ton of boxes. But ultimately, Hurts has shown an ability to stay durable. Hurts is built bigger. He's built to last. I would say that's going to be the most important thing for me. So I would build around Hurts before I would build around Tua. 
I would also do the same. And the reason I would is because I have more confidence in Jalen Hurts' ability to affect a game if he had less talent around him than I did than I do with Tua. Like Tua. Again, it's not saying he's completely a product of it, but you can't discount everything he has to work with, everything Jalen Hurts has to work with when we go on their body of work so far. I think Jalen Hurts could do more with less than Tua could. Next. Which coach are you taking right now, Nick Sirianni or Mike McDaniel? Chris? Uh, I I would take McDaniel. Uh, The one question I have about this is have we really truly seen McDaniel in a tight enough game management spot that we're 100% confident in his ability to handle it the right way? I I would say I'm confident in his ability to do it, but we really haven't seen him uh, that much in that spot yet. But I think McDaniel is a tremendous young coach who's an innovator. If you made me pick one of the two, plus I love his personality, give me Mike McDaniel. Shockingly, I would take McDaniel as well. I, I There's some bias here. I love the guy. I absolutely yeah. love everything about that guy. I did not think, and this is full disclosure, I did not think he was going to work in Miami. I remember seeing the hire. I remember hearing some of the press conferences, and I just thought, I don't know. This doesn't make any sense to me. Miami's going to flop here. I could not have been more wrong. I've come full circle. I love his approach. I love the way he communicates with the team. I love the way he communicates with the media. I love the fact that he reads the Daily Stoic. I read that as well. I love the fact that when he's asked these questions like he was the other day well is Tua a system quarterback and he just responds who cares like it doesn't matter it doesn't matter he's his quarterback and it's working why would you even concern yourself with something else and on top of it I'm still a little pissed at Sirianni it was third and nine last week run the ball punt it away and let Zach Wilson beat you that was an all-time boneheaded decision and that's not being an armchair quarterback I was saying it before it happened run the damn ball and make Wilson beat you you gave that game away because you because of your hubris that was not the spot to be aggressive you got to know when to pick your spots what's the daily stoic uh, it's a book that I'd be happy to share with you uh, at the end of the five questions. Without question, it's, they, uh, it's a very good book. It's a good good to read. It's one page a day. It's for each day, and it, it really gets you nice and aligned mentally so you can go out there and work with people like yourself. Do they have the audio book version? There's, you don't need an audio. Yeah, they do, but you don't need it. <laughs> they do. Yeah, maybe I'll go with that. <laughs> You're not going to hit your three-minute uh, criteria, though. The thing will be read in like 35 <laughs> seconds, so you will not he- hit your book reading threshold. <laughs> I don't worry about other people's goals that are set for me. (laughs) Next. What's the X factor in this game, Joe? Great question. I would say Philadelphia's ability to run the ball. Philly threw it 45 times last week against the Jets. That was just extremely unnecessary in a game where you led or were tied for 58 minutes. If you can run the ball in this game, you can keep Tua and the offense on the sideline, and more importantly, you can keep your defense rested. And you're going to need a rested defense late in the game to get stops against Miami, especially with that crowd noise at your disposal. So I'd say the X factor is DeAndre Swift and Philadelphia's ability to run the ball. How have the top offenses traditionally over the years uh, been at least slowed down or, frankly, stopped uh, most effectively? It's when you can rush for and get pressure on the quarterback. That's what I'm very curious about, and that's the X factor for the Eagles in this game. If they are able to get home with four, which, given their personnel, they should. You drop seven into coverage, and then all of a sudden, you've got a whole other ball game. You've got a lot more to work with 
does not create a ton of one-on-one matchups. I'll tell you what, if you can rush four, uh, if you're the Eagles defensive line, you're going to be in good shape to do some damage here against Tua Tungavailoa. Next! Which team's approach is more sustainable, the Dolphins or the Eagles? Well, I mean, listen, the Eagles, you need their approach to be sustainable. To me, that means keeping the quarterback healthy. And I think it's their ability to do that more. I, I Again, Jalen Hurts and the way they run that offense when they did it last year with Shane Steichen was the right way to do it. And it was also the right way to do it in finding ways to keep him healthy in addition to being uh, a big factor in the run game. They haven't capitalized on that nearly enough this year. I think the Eagles' way of doing it is more sustainable. The Dolphins are reliant upon speed, but, you know, it's it's a lot more likely that when you're somebody with incredible speed that you can pull up with a hammy or something like that. That can, that can be mitigated pretty easily. Tough question here. Tough question because I think it's going to take longer to catch up to what Miami's doing. So maybe I'd say they're more sustainable only because Philadelphia was unstoppable last year and we're starting to see them slow down a little bit on offense. Now, part of that could be due to the fact that the schedule is getting tougher, but people did have a year to figure them out. Now here we are with Miami and this wide open offense that's destroying everybody. It's going to take at least a year or two to figure out how to slow them down. So my thought process would be that Miami's more sustainable because they started what they're doing later than Philadelphia did, if that makes any sense. Last one. Yeah, real quick. Who needs to win more, Dolphins or Eagles, Joe? Dolphins, without a shadow of a doubt. They're getting a ton of credit. They're getting a ton of hype. People are talking about them winning the AFC, possibly going to the Super Bowl. Haven't beaten anybody yet. You had one measuring stick game so far this season. It was at Buffalo. You lost by double digits. No shame in that. But now here we are, week seven. This is your second measuring stick game. Go to Philadelphia. Win the game. We'll talk about you for the Super Bowl. Go to Philadelphia and lose the game. Now all of a sudden we're saying, yeah, they can beat up on the Carolinas of the world, but they can't beat the big boys. Yeah, I'd say actually the Eagles said, listen, you lose two in a row, uh, you start to look around and everybody starts to wonder, do we not have what we had last year? How much of the coordinators being gone a problem, especially since they haven't played their best this year? I think this is more on the Eagles. And plus, you got to keep pace in the NFC if you're hoping to get home field in the playoffs. And the Eagles, as we know, it's very important for them to get that. It's Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80, massive college football weekend. It includes one that you're going to see tomorrow night on ESPN, number four, Florida State, against number 16, Duke. Head coach of the Seminoles, Mike Norvell, joins us next on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be.
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. There's a quick snap and a hand up to Ophelia again. There he goes around the edge. 40, 35, 30 to your sideline. 15 to the 10. You're not going to catch him. Lawrence Tofili from 50 yards out. Hammer, meet nails, steal that coffin shot. Touchdown Florida State. Touchdown FSU. Tremendous season so far for Mike Norvell's team at Florida State. They're currently ranked fourth in the AP coaches' polls. And the head coach of the Seminoles joins us right now. Coach, it's Chris Carlin along with Joe Fortenbach. Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio. We appreciate your time. Thanks so much for joining us. And I just want to start here. You know, I think back a couple of years. And, you know, you got, when you first got there, you went through an awful lot. You've got COVID. You had the loss to Jacksonville. State and then the development to get to this point today. Just tell me about what the biggest keys have been from when you first got there to where the Seminoles are right now. You know, um, I think when you look back at it, it's been the work that's been invested. You know, we've tried to consistently, uh, you know, push to a standard, you know, help, help build confidence in the young men that, uh, that I get to be around every day and all the things that they could do, what they could overcome, what they could respond to. And, uh, you know, just trying to, trying to live out each and every day, being that example, you know, for them and, uh, you know, trying to uplift them, you know, in the journey that we had to go on. And, uh, yeah, there were plenty of, uh, plenty of challenges that presented themselves, but, you know, they maintained a, a good mindset. They were willing to put in the work and uh, you know taking some positive steps in the direction to ultimately where we want to want to be and uh, you're really proud of, uh, of the guys and you know just uh, you, everybody associated with the program you guys have a heck of a season cooking right now you're undefeated you've got marquee wins over lsu and clemson and then at some point with guys like us here in the media we're talking big picture we're talking about winning conferences we're talking about playoff berths we're talking about winning championships how do you balance that because it's impossible to get your entire roster to not look at the big picture stuff but at the same time you got to focus week to week you can't get caught overlooking somebody so how do you implement that throughout the course of the week with your players you know, I mean, it's been the same for us for the, for the last four years. Is you know, we try to focus on us, and you know, every week we go in and uh, you know, try to push to be better than what we've been. And you know, you know, ultimately, the big picture is what brings us all together. I mean, it's, it's uh, you know, everybody wants to win a championship. Everybody wants to have an opportunity to to go out there and you know, be the best in college football. But you know, the things that we can control are what we do on a daily basis. And you know, I've really been pleased with our team. You know, they, I think they maintain their focus. Uh, you know, we've had some some, some really good moments. You know, we're six and know uh, we've shown some some great uh, uh, potential in all the things that we've done and we've had some some times where maybe we haven't played to the best of our ability and you know ultimately that allows us a, a chance to get better and I think our guys have, uh, you know, really uh, pushed hard in practice. You know, we know we've got a great opponent coming in here tomorrow night, and you know, we're excited for the opportunity to to go and compete. But you know, really, it's still about you know you know, us putting our best foot forward. 
Mike Norvell, head coach, Florida State, joining Chris Carlin, Joe Fortenbaugh on ESPN Radio. You know, Coach, Keon Coleman's been amazing uh, since you brought him over from Michigan State in the transfer portal. What has allowed Keon to take it to this level? He was obviously exceptionally talented, uh, what we saw at Michigan State, but it seems like he has kicked it to another gear this year. Oh, he has. And, I mean, he's put in a lot of work, you know, coming in uh, you know, throughout the summer, you know, throughout fall camp, you know, learning you know, all the different, uh, um, you know, you know, elements of our offense to, to give us the flexibility to move him around. Obviously, he's got great players around him that, uh, you know, that, you know, also demand attention, which gives him some good one-on-one opportunities. And then, uh, you know, it's just the way he comes to work. I mean, you know, watching him in practice, uh, you know, he is he is absolutely passionate about, you know, being the best he can be. Uh, you know, I think, you know, Coach Dugan's our wide receiver coach has done a great job in, in building their relationship. And, you know, those guys have, uh, have really uh, you know, worked well together, you know, but also you know, just his attitude and approach. And, uh, you know, he is a special playmaker. He's done so many great things here in a short period of time, uh, but really just still think he's just scratching the surface to ultimately where he's going to go because of, uh, you know, just the mindset he brings and, and, you know, what he pours into this game and being his best. Quarterback Jordan Travis is having a tremendous year, and it's amazing to watch considering a couple years ago people were questioning whether or not he could be a full-time quarterback, whether the durability was there, whether the playmaking was there. He has answered all those questions and then some. He finds himself as one of the top five candidates to win the Heisman Trophy at this point in the season. You know, as the head coach, when you have a bona fide Heisman Trophy candidate on your team, do you ever find yourself thinking about how the game plan is going to look in terms of making sure Travis looks as good as possible for that Heisman Trophy campaign? Well, you know, for him, it's all about this team, and you know, he lives that out. Uh, you know, he is—he is one of the best players in all of, in all of college football, and uh, you know, the way that he approaches uh, your practice, the way he approaches. You know the meeting room, uh, the investment he pours into his teammates. It's it's really fun to watch and just you know they've all seen his journey and you know they know the the, the growth that he's had. Uh, but uh, you know it's it's about them. It's about us. It's about what we're doing. And um, you know I think Jordan has been exceptionally uh, you know efficient. You know he's had explosive plays. He's he's really done a great job of managing this offense uh, at a very high level. And uh, you know but he doesn't get caught up in in the numbers and doesn't get caught up in the, in the things that he can't control and which is what makes him a great leader for us uh, because he he goes and lives it out on a daily basis and um, you know it's it's definitely fun you know you'll be able to, to plan and, and prepare knowing that you got him uh, you know in the plays that he'll be able to make but you know really just allowing it allowing the game to come to him is uh, something that I do think makes him special. He's Mike Norvell, head coach, Florida State, joining us, uh, coach. Um, Riley Leonard, obviously banged up, status up in the air. Uh, what are you expecting to see? Do you think you'll see Riley Leonard? And how do you prepare uh, not knowing uh, whether or not Duke's star quarterback is going to play? You know, well, we prepared for him to play. Uh, you know, I know we went through pregame on up a week ago, uh, you know, and, and I know it's you know, out of, out of uh, you know, Coach Elko, he said there's a possibility that, that he would be available and play. So, you know, we prepared for that. Uh, obviously, we'll, we'll adapt and adjust if it's anything different. But, uh, you know, he's a special player, and he does a great job, you know, leading their, their team and their offense. Uh, you know, but I think, you know, even last week, you know, in his absence, you know, they showed what kind of team they are. Uh, you know, and it's one of the best defenses in all of college football. You know, great coaching staff. Uh, you know, Kevin Johns, the office coordinator, does a great job of being able to, to put his guys in a position uh, to, to make plays, you know, whether it's the running game, passing game. Uh, so, I mean, it's going to be an unbelievable 
unbelievable battle here Saturday night, and you know, we're definitely excited, uh, you know, for for you know our team and the opportunity we're going to get to be able to go and compete against uh, you know, a really good opponent. Coach, the biggest story in college football right now is that Michigan is being investigated for in-person scouting and sign-stealing. Now, obviously, we're not asking for you to comment on what's happening at Michigan specifically, but, you know, in the coaching fraternity, how much concern is there that what's being investigated at Michigan could be happening throughout college football? Yeah, I mean, you know, ultimately, I, I don't – I haven't seen a whole lot about, you know, what's going on, you know, there, um, but, you know, I think it, within the coaching fraternity, you know, I mean, it's the, you know, we all want to do do things to a certain standard, and um, you know, we we try to operate that way in in, in all things, you know, on and off the field, and um, you know, at, at the end of the day, uh, I think you know the things will play out however they play out, but um, you know, I'm not I'm not too too uh, um, accustomed to what all's going on in that situation. You know, Coach, just to follow up on it for a second, just the idea that that kind of thing could be going on when you have it around college football. You have coaches who uh, certainly have come up through systems. Just generally speaking, how big of a concern is kind of protecting all of the the intricacies that come with scouting opponents like that? Well, I mean, there's there's rules in place for for what what to do and how to do it. So just to being able to you know uh, abide by that, and you know when you're in when you're in game, and you know I mean obviously we we uh, we know that uh, you know people are always looking and people are always watching you know from from the other sideline or press box or wherever that is. So just trying to to make sure that we do things uh, to to keep uh, keep you know everybody off guard and um, you know just to communicate the best way possible. But um, you know, like I said, I don't don't really know all the details of, that are coming with that specific situation. So, um, yeah, because that's my best answer to it. Well, Coach, we appreciate the time. Listen, good luck this week. Your team has been an awful lot of fun to watch. Hopefully, it continues for you here. I appreciate you guys having me on, and go Knowles. Yep, that's Mike Norvell, head coach of Florida State, joining us. You notice that, like, coaches at the end of interviews now always give the knows whatever they always end it with whatever's going on with their to whatever their fight chant is or whatever it is at the end always I mean, get squeezing in it, it it's better than let's ride he started it okay though. eric just brought that up in the studio he started it with the like go hawks like every college coach is now adapting or stealing from what Russell Wilson was doing in Seattle. Eric just brought that up two seconds ago. Are we claiming is, is, so we can say definitively that Russell Wilson started this? Yes. No, I don't. No, I, I, you're very quick. You're very quick to say that that's a definitive answer. Maybe you should think. No. Maybe you should sleep on that one. Uh, see, Roll tide. I, I think. I think if it was <laughs> Roll damn tide. <laughs> if it was possible, Evan would blame. Any problem our society faces on Russell Wilson if he was yeah. given the opportunity to. I really think that. And that's been going on forever, but I just just got it slide in. Go Knowles. All right. Carla versus Joe, ESPN Radio. See, this is me being grumpy bear, right? That's just me. Oh, we got to slide it in there, don't we? Yeah. I'm going to start ending Car- segments with Go Joe. <laughs> <laughs> Then people will think that Golick Jr.'s back. It's Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, <laughs> Sirius one. XM, Channel 80. Joe, it is time to make more money. That's right. It's next. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. 
You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Carlin versus Joe. Pizza money alert. Pizza, pizza. Two and two last night, 44, 37 and one overall, up 2.52 units since the start of the show. I got two NFL selections for you. Number one, Rams minus three over the Steelers. Rams undervalued in my opinion. Top 12 in both scoring offense and scoring defense. Who saw that coming before the season started? And at three and three, two of their losses are against good teams. They played Philly tight and they played San Francisco tight. These guys are better than people realize. As for the Steelers, they're worse than people realize. They got a three and two record but they were handed gifts courtesy of the Cleveland Browns and Baltimore Ravens. If they lose those two games, they're one in four. And if they're one in four, they're not catching three points here. They're catching more. So go ahead and give me the Rams minus three over the Steelers. In addition, Chargers plus five and a half over the Chiefs. I know, I know. No one's going to want to play the Chargers after what happened last weekend. But Justin Herbert's played six regular season games against the Chiefs in his career. Of those six, four were decided by exactly three points. Two were exactly decided by exactly six points. This is a tightly played rivalry. The Kansas City Chiefs ranked 27th in the NFL in second half scoring and 31st in fourth quarter scoring they get up big and then they throttle back so we're going to play chargers plus five and a half and rams minus three Tua Tungavaloa, the way he's operating in his offense, he's playing just about as good as anybody in football, just about as, as good as you could hope a quarterback can play. And then if you look at Jalen, it hasn't been the same performance as it was a year ago. We all know we make mistakes, but it's about how you respond to it, and we have the confidence in one another to respond. They've spoken for themselves on that, so there's no need for me to comment on it. I think coming off the loss to the Jets, they have to look at it as a get-right game for them. That's why I'm going to say the Eagles, and especially because of their front. It's the game of the year to me. It really is. And I, I think this is going to be better than San Francisco-Dallas, at least the hype going in. Of course, didn't think that was going to be a great game. And uh, who was right? So maybe you should yeah. listen on this one. That's why it's a game of the year, Joe. That's why it's a game, <laughs> game of the year. Of the year. <laughs> at least our so official five-star game of the year. <laughs> Call us up, 1-900. Yeah, exactly. Five-star pick. It's Carla versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Series 6M Channel 80. And the Eagles might be taking a little bit of a hit here. There are reports coming in out of Philadelphia uh, that Reed Blankenship, the safety, and Bradley Roby, one of the extra corners, are both potentially going to miss Sunday night. Now, the Eagles' uh, secondary is a little bit banged up to begin with, so this is not exactly helpful to them when they are going up against the offense of the Miami Dolphins. So when you hear that, and I'm talking earlier about having to get all kinds of pressure with just four as opposed to more than that. Like, that even takes away that 
that benefit to me a little bit. Like the idea that if you're not going to be at full strength in your secondary, even if you can drop seven, uh, yeah, more help the better. But if you don't have your primary guys out there, at least a couple of them, this is a big problem. Without a shadow of a doubt. Focal point for the Eagles here is going to be very simple. Run the football and run the football effectively. Miami was supposed to have a new look, improved defense under defensive coordinator Vic Fangio. Hasn't necessarily developed that way. That doesn't mean they're bad. It's still early, but it hasn't been great. Give them time. We'll see what ends up happening. This is a team, though, when you look at the two best offenses they faced this season in the Los Angeles Chargers and the Buffalo Bills, they gave up 34 and 48 respectively. You can hang a number on these guys. What you're going to want to do is run the football against them. Run it effectively. Bleed the clock. Six-minute drive here. Seven-minute drive there. Keep your defense rested. Keep Tua off the field. Now, that's easier said than done. And to be honest, we did watch the Dolphins in a game against the Giants hang 500 yards of offense with like 23 minutes in terms of possession. So they can hit you from a variety of angles. But this isn't the Giants. It's the Eagles. It's Lincoln Financial Field on a Sunday evening. Crowd's going to be hyped, especially with everything that's going on with the Phillies. People are very excited there. So it's going to be a hostile environment. Defensively, well, the best case for a good defense is going to be a good offense in this game. I truly believe it's going to be the Eagles running game that is going to determine how this thing is played out, Carlin. Well, look, they haven't done a great job against the run. The Dolphins haven't. Correct. It's been, listen, listen, their numbers across the board are improved over a year ago, but that doesn't necessarily mean a whole lot, right? They're, they're still giving up 26 points a game. They're not world beaters by any stretch. Like, to me, when we look at improved defenses, we're talking about the Kansas City Chiefs, who are much improved from a season ago. So I think in this spot, I, I, it's, it's twofold to what you're saying. Get your identity back. Get your identity back. Like, that's more of an important factor for me for the Eagles' offense. Like, if I'm Brian Johnson, I really have just been scratching my head all week. How did we throw the football 45 times last week against Exactly. How? How did that happen in a very tight game? And if that's the case... I have to get back to not just, you know, the balance that everybody talks about. The Eagles' identity with that offensive line is to beat you up. It is to beat you up. You got to do some damage with them. And you got to, what do you think those guys want to do? We know what they want to do. And you're only going to make uh, Jalen Hurts be more effective if you get back to more of the RPO stuff. And I get it. They don't want him to take as many hits anymore. That's fine. But they call it a run pass option you know give yourself an opportunity here to set the pass up by running it more effectively because you do it well with a great offensive line absolutely dan orlovsky was on daily wager yesterday you can catch us again today espn 2 at 6 p.m eastern we're gonna be breaking down everything on the ufc card college nfl all that good stuff boom that's how you cross promote But that being said, Orlovsky was breaking down the fact that when you're dropping back 45 times a game, you're dropping back in the pass protection 45 times a game. And that really takes a toll on offensive linemen. I found that to be an Mm -hmm. astute point because if you're trying to mow guys down in the running game late and your offensive line is tired, good luck after all of that. For the Eagle defense, very interesting test here. I know you're banged up, but the last time we saw you against a high-powered offense, it was the Kansas City Chiefs in the Super Bowl. And they scored on all four second-half possessions to bury you and win the Vince Lombardi Trophy. 
trophy. So this is a big test right here to see if you can get some key stops against an offense that could be still hanging around come early February. Carla versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. One other little tidbit that we should throw out there, too, is that uh, Nick Sirianni has said today that it appears Lane Johnson is on track to play Sunday night. Even a bigger reason to go ahead and try to run the football, because with Lane Johnson, the Eagles have the best offensive line in football, period. They absolutely do. Uh, this is a great great game and i am very curious to see if the eagles will get back to what their identity has been this is the carlin versus joe podcast on espn radio